0: I'm Stephen Gregory Smith and I'm Matt Connor. We are going back to The Hive in season 5 of The, the Connor, Connor and Smith, Smith Show. All right, here we are once again going into a holiday weekend.
1: The pugs are humping each other on the couch.
2: It is a very celebratory evening. Oh,
0: big yawn.
1: Oh, gosh. I'm just so tired of all all these podcasts. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, you're not tired of them. It's just been, we've been doing a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's exhausting. And tonight, we have... (laughs) Speaking of being exhausting, I'm so sorry. No, I'm not exhausted. I've been teaching camp. You've been teaching camp. It's summer. It's the camp time. Tonight, we are talking to Dan O'Brien.
1: Yes.
0: We're going to take a quick break, and we will be
1: right back.
2: For generations, people in Fairfax, Virginia have heard tales of the Bunny Man. Now, Bunny Man Brewing offers a tasty array of high-quality microbrews with a rotation of unique flavors. Come by to have a sample and maybe even catch a glimpse of the legendary hopper. But bring a friend, because you don't ever want to drink alone. Check our hours and see what's on tap at bunnymanbrewing.com.
3: Hello. Dan O'Brien. How you doing? Good. How are you, my friend? I'm doing really, really, really well. How are you doing,
0: Stephen? Uh good, good. Sorry, we're a few minutes late. There was a dog poop incident. We need not speak more of it. I totally get it. I totally um, get it. Dog I'm sitting here with my husband and co-host Matt Connor. Hey, hey, hey Matt. Hey, how you doing?
1: <laughs> What's going on? It's great to hear you guys. It's
0: great to hear you. It's and- been a bell. We a, are also joined by our producer Ryan Dean
2: Halbrook. Mr. Oh Ryan. Ryan. What's up, buddy? How you doing, man? Good to hear your voice, man.
3: It, is, it has been a while. Long, long time. Too long. Can we can we cuss on this show?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay,
3: holy shit. It's been it's been a really long time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're in New York right now, is that correct?
3: That's correct. I'm on the upper west side. Um we have the beautiful park right next to us um, at our disposal at any time. So, it, you know, in times like this, um, times like these, I should say, it really kind of comes in handy. So you can kind of find some some solace and some quietude, you know, just right outside. So, yeah, really blessed to be living, living here in New York City and uh, still here for like 20 years now. So, wow. But how are you guys doing?
2: Oh,
0: you know, rolling yeah. with the punches that come every day, right?
3: yeah I hear it uh, I mean it, you know the past couple of days has been uh, just kind of kind of like an avalanche of bad news um, but yeah I, uh, I, I'm with you guys and um, but you know hopefully hopefully there are brighter days ahead one now
0: one. now going back and kind of avoiding the, the present trauma you originally are from Vienna, Virginia is that correct?
3: That's right yeah. I was actually there uh, just a few days ago visiting my parents. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah, I was in I was in town for like uh, like 4 days or something. Yeah.
0: Dude, I next oh, time, time you have to look us up.
3: I, I know I should. I really should. I Do you still live in uh you still live in Arlington, right?
0: Yes, we do. Right uh what an exit from the Pentagon.
3: That's right. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was um you, you live just like a stone's throw from from DC.
0: Yes, indeed. You were at, we, we live in the same neighborhood, different place. You were at uh, one of our first places, I believe, weren't you?
3: Yeah, I was. I spent a lot of time there uh, back in, um, well, when I moved back east, because I was, I was in L.A. for about two years. So I moved back east and uh, I hooked up with uh, uh, old Mike, Michael Hedges, actually. And um, so we kind of reconnected, you know, this is like 20 years ago. We reconnected, and then um, he was living with you guys for a little, yes. little while, right? Yeah, and so so I would, I would come over and, and, and hang out. You guys had a great place, um, and you guys live in a great neighbor, neighborhood in, in Arlington.
0: We live just up the street from that place
3: now. Oh, no kidding? Yeah. Oh, that was an easy move.
0: Yeah, well, it wasn't a straight line, but <laughs> <laughs> we've probably lived at about five places since then, but uh, yeah. We we, uh, we tend to like this neighborhood. Uh, it's it, Go
2: ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, is my memory serving me correct? Did you do some kind of radio thing down here?
3: Um,
2: what were you doing?
3: I was trying to earn enough money just so I could move to New York.
2: Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I remember I first moved here and um, Hedges was still here and you were over at Matt and Steve's. Yeah. And I remember having a conversation with you. I just It was so long ago. I'm
3: trying to remember that conversation, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the wrong side of 40 right now, guys. So my memory is, like, starting to really fade fast. So.
2: Didn't we do a directing project together?
3: We did. You know, Ryan, uh, it was uh, It was called, uh, uh, was it Just Kidding? Yes.
1: Yes. yes! Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, so we played, like, a comedy. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the play. We played, like, a A, a comedy. Or something, and I had like a massive cocaine problem.
2: Oh and my God.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that, that was my, that was my first dip into like some really heavy, heavy shit, heavy, heavy acting.
2: Yeah. Man, I really remember, I remember that. It was, it yeah. was a good memory.
3: Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was, it was, I had a lot of fun with you, man. That was a good, that was a good one.
2: Yeah. So, like, yeah. speaking of like from Vienna to Shenandoah is, Really, not that far. So, did you were you aware of Shenandoah? You know, not really. Um, I, I, I mean, when
3: I was when I was long ago, when I was looking around for for colleges to go to, uh, Shenandoah just happened to be on the radar, and I think it was largely because of the location. It was maybe maybe about like a at at most maybe like a forty five minute drive. Uh, Vienna. So, it, like the. It wasn't far at all for me. Uh, so the Northern Virginia area is, and Shenandoah is just like what west, I guess. Yeah, I yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: right towards West Virginia.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't like a it wasn't a terribly far drive. Um, uh, so yeah, I, th- I think the location just kind of worked out, and uh, a lot of the um, a lot of the classmates, the the friends that uh, I made. Um, they were they lived in the same state as me, so uh, we we kind of shared the same stories and you know shared the the same went to the same places, so it was kind of easy to really kind of you know bond and connect uh, that way. So we were all kind of like I don't know for for the most part we were all kind of like local kids going to like a, a local college you know for for the most part. But yeah, I, I mean, Shenandoah. Um, I mean, I had some. I had some really. I had some really good memories of of, of being in the school, and um, I just I had a great great time doing children's theater. I know I know it sounds you know weird, but um, you know because when you when you kind of transition into like the professional theater, and you, you one of your first jobs is being uh, on a children's theater show or tour, um, I I don't know. I just I just really fell in love with with that with that part of the program over there.
0: Were yeah. you um, were you BFA?
3: Yeah, I was. Yeah. Yeah. Basic acting. Was that, mm-hmm. that what, is, what it was called back then? That was straight. Yeah, it was it was basically BFA. Yeah. I was one of the uh, I was one of the kids who couldn't sing or dance. So
0: <laughs> So you did like the straight plays in the kids uh, theater
3: shows. Totally. Totally. Oh, yeah. yeah, we did a detective story. I remember that. Detective story, yeah. um, uh, Michael Hedges actually put, put up a, uh, a picture of that on a post. Yes. Yes, he did. God, we were babies back then, you know. <laughs> we were kids.
1: And then when you left uh, school, a little bit of D.C., you went to L.A. for a couple of years.
3: I did go to L.A. for a couple of years. I, I did uh, a year of, of touring with uh, Theater Four out of uh, Richmond, Virginia. And, oh no,
1: Emily Skinner.
3: Yeah, yeah. And uh, we, uh, but I was on tour with uh, Dan Waters. You guys remember him.
1: Hallelujah.
3: Yeah, <laughs> hallelujah. And uh, but we, still, we still connect every once in a while. Uh, you know, we,
0: he, he had an interview date with us and then something came up. So we're still trying to get him on. That will be some entertaining uh, time.
3: Right. Well, he has, he has a lot, he's, he has some excuses then, you know, he's, he's got some explaining to do.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
3: so, um, but yeah, so, but we went, we didn't tour out of, um, out of DC, uh, DC. We didn't tour out of, uh, we toured out of Raleigh, North Carolina. So we were, we were in kind of like a completely, you know, different state, different town, kind of removed from, from everything. It was a long, long drive from, from our, um, where our families lived, uh, respectively. Um, but so we, we kind of, we were on tour, I was on tour for uh, a year. And then, I, and then I said, you know what, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna move to LA. I'm gonna give it a try. And um, it worked out pretty nicely because I, I have a, a large contingent of family who live in Pasadena, California. And so for the first year, they, they put me up in their, in their home for, um, for a little while, for the first year. And then I found a place of my own, what year then, was this? What's that? What year was this? Uh, this was 1999 through 2001. Okay. So, so this was, uh, yeah, 1999, 2001. And-
1: um, So you may have been there during
3: 9-11. Actually, you know what? So, so here's the thing. So when I decided to move back east and uh, kind of uh, set up camp in, in New York City, um, I drove cross country with my cousin. Um, and so we, we drove cross country. We get to, we, we get to my, my parents and the day that he was supposed to get on a plane, uh, to go back to California, 9-11 happened. Oh, wow. So he was, he was grounded for, uh, like another 10 days. So he didn't, he didn't get to go home, you know, for, and he had to start college too. Uh, his first year of college so he was grounded for like another 10 days and you know everything was in you know complete chaos and so he he got to stay on the east coast for a little while so I was I was pretty much like on my way back moving east so my first um, kind of introduction or not really introduction but my my first uh, experience uh, being a a New Yorker was in 2002 and things were still kind of shaky, you know, um, the downtown area was still pretty much in shambles and um, people were still uh, really hurting and uh, and really scared when I first moved here in 2002. Um, so, you know, uh, going going from su- sunny California to New York City, where we just had like a massive terror attack was um, it kind of it kind of sobered me up really pretty quickly. You know? Dan,
2: I have this, like, thing in my mind now because I moved out of L.A. in 99, so we may have, like, you may have been flying out to L.A. I may, or Pasadena, I may have been, like, driving back to the East Coast. Yeah. And then I moved to New York, and then I moved out of New York, like, three weeks before 9-11, and then you moved to New York. So I feel like we've passed each other so many times. We, we were, like, p- passing ships in the night. Yeah. Yes, yes.
3: Totally. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's very well possible. I mean, as as actors, you know, my my my, I mean, everybody can everybody has like an actor story, but uh, an actor's journey is is completely can be completely different, you know, because I guess I guess sometimes people get kind of locked into like some sort of uh, equation like okay, I'm going to move out. I'm going to go to school. And then once I get out of school, I'm going to move to New York and then I found the pavement in New York and then I'm going to move to LA. I didn't really, uh, follow that. I kind of did things backwards, I guess, you know, I, I tried LA and I, 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 did a lot of, uh, improvisational theater, like, um, comedic improv. Um, I actually was a student of, uh, Cheryl Hines before she became Cheryl Hines. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. From so that a- was- uh yeah she, she's the show uh, she a cool she was a cool lady um uh so i first day of class um first day of class at the groundlings uh i'm having like a like just a mess of a time trying to find trying to park my car and i i burst in there and i'm like i'm like oh my god i'm so sorry and she's like yeah that's bullshit. so she was like she was pretty funny about it you know um uh, but she she kind of like uh, gave me a little bit of a ribbing, but, um, but that was before like the, the whole um, Curb Your Enthusiasm show came out. So yeah, I mean, I got to, I knew her way, be- I knew her then, you know, I got to say that.
2: So, <laughs> right. So when you went to New York, did you like do the whole agent thing or did you have like, cause you were doing the improv, like going to that? Uh,
3: you know, I, yeah, I still, I, so I, I was still really in love with that, but um, somewhere, uh, so I did a, I did a play, uh, The House of Yes," in, uh, 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 where was that? Uh, from San Francisco, California.
2: Based on and the movie?
3: Yeah, I saw, I saw the movie, uh, uh, but uh, so I I, I, so I think I saw the movie first, and then I did the play, or I did the play, and then I, saw, I can't remember. Well, but, I think
0: the movie was yeah, out while we were all in college.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was, I think this was, uh, um, I can't remember which came from.
0: It was, it was a play first, and then yes. it was a movie. Yes, yes. Yeah,
3: uh, Wendy McLeod. And so I did the play out there, and, and I was like, you know what, I really like doing live theater, so I think I'm going like, to go back to New York. But I was still really um, very much in love with um, improvisational comedy, so I took a bunch of classes with um, Upright Citizens Brigade when they were still uh, connected to, to, to New York. Right now, they just have their um, L.A. school, so the, their New York branch is no longer. Um, but I, I was still, um, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to tell you guys how I got my equity card. <laughs> uh, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, um, it's weird. Um, so I did, uh, I was just auditioning and, you know, trying to, you know, get my feet wet in New York and, um, auditioning for whatever came my way. So I did a, um, uh, and I don't want to say anything too disparaging, but I did a really bad version of a Christmas carol. Like I was, I was not, I was not a good Scrooge, you know. I, I just, uh, and uh, it was at. Um, I'm not even going to say the theater, but um, so it was. It was more. Uh, I, I felt more like a birthday clown more than anything uh, doing that. Play. Um, but somebody, uh, somebody in the audience saw me, and she said, um, um, she. So, okay, weird connection. She is the wife of. Stuttering John Melendez from the Howard Stern Show. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. so, Stuttering John. John, yeah, yeah. He had a really, his stutter was, like, legendary. And so so she saw me perform, and she says, I want you to uh, be a part of my show called Birdie's Bachelorette Party. And so she signed me on as a uh, assistant stage manager slash understudy. So it was, like, an interactive um Kind of eighties party, but it was it was a total bachelorette party where they had like um, sex toys, like inflatable in, inflatable dicks, so like. You, you know. I feel
0: like I've heard about this.
3: You, somebody, yeah, it, it was definitely around for a long time, and it was at the uh, it was at uh, it was in Tribeca this this eighties club. It was a lot of fun, uh, but I really kind of had to remind them, like, hey, I'm a I'm a stage manager now. Are you going to give me my equity card, right? And so they did. So it, it was kind of under the, the, the cabaret uh, act, which is which is kind of no more now. Um, so I I got my equity card. And so um, the thing about the thing about equity is that like when I was when I was younger, I thought like, oh, I'm I'm in a I'm in a higher group of talent. You know what I mean? So these are all professional actors here. So I gotta you know really kind of be on uh, be on my game.
1: Oh, if that were true. Yeah, I yeah. mean the dildos are dicks. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, it's, it's 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 not really true at all. You know what I mean? It, it's it, it, so the people you're in the room with, like you know, don't they don't have any more or less talent than you have? You your chances are you're you're probably just as talented as, as them or even more so. So you know, I was kind of young and green, and you know, I was I was going in there, uh, you know, auditioning for um, uh, you know these big companies and everything at these equity call, uh, you know, these big equity. Uh, calls and and you know things were going pretty well, so I. But then I decided to um, do something completely different. Not completely different, but uh, I decided to go to grad school, um, and uh, I went to the Actor Studio Drama School um, and at Pace University, and I got my um, I got my master's. So that was um, that was the training over there was was pretty pretty intense and it was for three years so it, it dominated my life but I got uh I got to you know create more more relationships and you know uh have some uh really lifelong friends because of it and so I just I just I it just kind of made me get better um but I got to uh I got to shake uh, James Lipton, Lipton's hand I was gonna uh, ask wow. you to,
2: to meet James yeah Lipton. <laughs> yeah
3: so, so we at the end at the end, conclusion of our third year we we do like a kind of like a showcase where we all get kind of like our fifteen minutes of fame where, you know, it's it's like full fully staged, costumed, um, sets everything, you know, as if you were uh, well you are a professional so I mean it's it's like it's a professional you know theater setting, so um, I I I did a play called um, Orange Flower Water and um, and all of a sudden, so I, I'm, I'm done and I get to take my seat and everything like that. And this, all of a sudden I see a hand like in, in a dark corner and it's just kind of like waving me over. And I, I, I'm squinting and I'm like, Who's, who is that? And they, they're kind of waving over to me and it was James Lipton. And so he's, he's sitting up there in, in, um, in the audience um, kind of like in a, like I said, a dark corner and, you know, he shakes my hand and, um, and it, was, it was really kind of a trippy experience, you know. Do he um, say,
0: what's your favorite curse word?
3: No, no, I wanted, I'm, I'm like, I, 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 I tried to like, I really tried. I, I tried for a moment. I, I was like, so this is, this is my moment, right? Well, uh, where's the, where are those stack of uh, blue cards, you know? So at the
2: pearly gates. If it exists, not exist, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Give us your answer, Dan. Uh, the cookies are almost out of the oven.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> um.
2: <laughs>
3: That's my that's my answer. <laughs> that's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. How, why, why was James Lipton James Lipton like he never sang Sin in the Clowns"?
3: <laughs> no, he didn't. No, but uh, he did write uh, the theme to Thundercats. What? Yeah.
1: Thundercat.
2: Thunder, thunder, thunder,
1: Thundercats. thundercats yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I so that so I can, now of, I get it. That's that's his laurel. Yeah, I yeah. was hoping it was something more grand, like I've I perfected the blend to the tea bag. <laughs> <laughs> Do the Lipton tea bag. I'm a but, professional tea bagger.
3: Whoa, whoa. Okay, okay. Too late, too soon. That was my idea.
1: <laughs> um, what are you doing these days in New York?
3: So, um, well, I so about seven years ago, uh, I met my wife. Um, so, and, and well, no, no, no. Let me backtrack. I met my wife back in 2007, uh, and we, we got married seven years ago. Um, my wife is um, super, super talented. Um, she, um, she was on the uh, uh, Broadway uh, uh, tour, national Broadway tour of Sound of Music, and uh, she performed at the Kennedy Center um, numerous times. And she actually, uh, you, you guys probably know um, Nicholas Rodriguez. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was on tour with him uh, for, for quite some time.
2: Oh, that's amazing! And yeah, I was—I work at the Kennedy Center, so she was oh, no, with me.
3: Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, she 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 knocked it out. She killed it every time. She played the Mother Abyss, and she was awesome. Oh, great! But she uh, she was also um, she also mounted. She's a big uh, uh, Gilbert and Sullivan performer as well. But she um, she she mounted a uh, production of Ruddy Gore, and it was kind of like a reimagined version of it. And she um, she was kind enough to to let me be a part of it, and um, I played I played opposite from her, and we actually took uh, uh, that production to uh, England. So uh, we have um, so we both have um, a UK credit under our belt.
1: Amazing! Purpose. Do either of you have a UK connection?
3: Yeah, yeah. So we we, we can we, we have friends in the UK now. We have friends in London that we can we can kind of stay with if things really fall apart here so now,
2: were you on the west end or like is there like an off west end oh there was a
3: um th- so it was in harrogate uh which is on the northern part of england um and not too far from uh scotland actually and uh so they have a uh gilbert and sullivan uh, uh national uh, gilbert and sullivan 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 festival and um so they have their own theater, their own venue, and everything. So we were able to perform there, and uh, so it was part of the festival. But it was it was in a really really beautiful part of of England. Um, Harrogate's like just it's it's urban enough to where it can kind of like appease to that part of you, but it was just quiet enough where where you can really like enjoy just a tree. You know what I mean? So it was it was really really beautiful. But um, she she was kind enough to um, give me vo- uh, voice lessons and um, and kind of get my voice up, up to, you know, up to up to shape. And, you know, if you if you guys, you know, I'm I'm not a singer by any stretch of the imagination, um, but she was she actually made me sound good, you know, and I would listen to it. And then and, and I'm like, you're you're a miracle worker. And, um, you know, she's she's really changed my life in a myriad of ways. So, and that's just. Let's one
2: hear of... 16 bars. Uh, <laughs>
3: uh, all right, let me. Uh, uh, all right, this is. I'm, I'm going to do this for you guys. Okay. All right. Oh, why am I moody and sad? And what? Okay, that's that's not 16 bars.
2: That's but great.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you why I'm moody and sad.
0: <laughs> Can I just update? If you?
1: I could just answer that
0: question. Was it a limerick? Dan, there was a little. Um, discussion off mic in the studio here about if the title of the show you're talking about was ruddy whore or ruddy, ruddy Boar, ruddy Moore. it's ruddy gore Ruddy Boar. yeah with a g yeah yeah that's how um that's how <laughs> smart we are
1: here uh we didn't know that one <laughs> we amazing. went otr for a second uh, what's otr o-
3: times
0: um off the record
1: oh okay so Um, so, so, so in New York, you and your wife are now, yeah. Well,
3: so right now, um, so I actually, uh, have a movie coming out. Um, it's been, I completed it back in, back last year. So it was filmed in Delhi, New York. What are you talking about? Yeah. 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 I, I, I did a film. Yeah. Actually like that's, that's been kind of like my bread and butter, uh, lately, um, is, uh, I've been doing a lot of film and they've been kind of been showing at like these festivals in, in London and in Australia. Um, so, uh, so that's been these little independent features. So independent shorts. So that's been kind of like my, my go-to lately. And then, so, uh, so yeah, I did a, I did a film, um, yeah, last year and it wrapped around labor day. So, uh, and I I actually spoke to the director not too long ago, and and it's in post right now. And, um, and there's a good reason for that because, um, so there's a lot of like gunplay. There's like, it's, it's pretty much like a, like there's at the end, there's a gunfight. So spoiler alert. Um, Did you have
2: to train for that?
3: No, I didn't. But uh, they, they kind of like uh, gave me some like pointers, like some choreography. So, so these guns, um, these guns didn't, they, they were completely dead. Like they didn't have, they they had nothing in them, you know. They 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 just you just squeeze, you would squeeze them and nothing would happen. So there wasn't any blanks or anything like that. It wouldn't kick back on you. Well, so, in
0: the wake of the Alec Baldwin thing, I think that's the way things should probably go, right?
3: So so this was so this was actually before that. So I was I was kind of like like why why are they having like you know how come we we don't have any like live guns or, or not live but how come there's no. Um, the, the, there's no blanks or anything like that. There's no, there's no like uh, kickback. And so f- flash forward, you know, to where Alec Baldwin accidentally um, killed the director and um, uh, assistant director, I think, I guess it was. Yeah. I, mean, like, I can't remember. Um, but so, so now it's kind of like, Oh, that's why we weren't allowed to have actual guns with, with like, you know, fake rounds or whatever. So, so, the, so it's in post right now. But um, if my camera was was on, I could sh- I could show you. So you would basically like hold the gun and you would squeeze it, and then you would kind of have to like um, pretend that it, it kind of kicked back on you. So if you're holding it, you squeeze the trigger and you just kind of jerk yourself backwards. You know what I mean? So, but it, so that was kind of hard. So, so then they're going to like add in like the guns like kind of leaving the the barrel like in. Um, and post or something like that. So that's why it's taking a little while, I guess. But um, but some of the, the, the actors that I was with, um, uh, they had some some you know some pedigree in, in the uh, television world. I was working with an actor who who was on show Evil and uh, the Duke and um,
2: uh, which which guy on Evil?
3: Uh, all right, I'm gonna look at, I'm gonna look him up on uh, IMDb.
2: Do
0: to do to do to do to Older guy, younger
3: guy? Very younger Okay, here we go. Uh Charlie McElveen, and he played Colin on Evil.
2: Charlie McElveen, okay.
3: Yeah. And he was also on the Deuce. He played Rod. So I, I i i had some screen time with him and then uh another great actor uh by the name of uh duke lafoon who um is actually from richmond um and he was on um uh mind remember Mindhunter on on netflix oh what
2: a good show
3: yeah 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 so i was on set with the, i was on set with the guy and and i'm like okay you look totally familiar. Where, where have I seen you from? Were, were you on, I, I saw you on a, on a Netflix show and he said, well, yeah, I did an episode of um Mindhunter, And I was like, that's, that's who you are. You know? So I was, I was on set with some some really talented actors and like an awesome, awesome crew. And I, you know, for the most part, that's been where I've been uh, kind of gravitating towards as far as uh, work goes.
1: So what's, um, what's the movie that's about ready to come out? Can you, did you say the title?
3: It's called uh, Martyr of a Forgotten Dream. And,
1: and when it comes out, will you go to the festival wherever it's going to go or not?
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so typically, um, typically, yeah, that's exactly what happens. There's, uh, they, they make it to like these um, small theaters um, like in Chelsea or, or uh, what have you. And then it's part of a, it's part of a festival. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, that's been my, uh, that's been really my, my bread and butter lately, uh, is just going to, uh, doing these shorts or, or like independent features and, and, uh, really just fa- falling in love with, with doing film. I'm, I'm, i I mean, I'm always going to like do theater wh- whenever I can and however I can. Um, I did, um, uh, a uh, couple plays and, um, uh, at the Signature uh, S- Signature Theater up here, um, I know there's two where you guys are, and then there's um, the Signature Theater um, off Broadway House.
1: Always confusing, which I think was first.
3: Poss- yeah, possibly. Yeah. So I, I so they, they kind of changed the name around a little. It's like the Pershing Square Signature Theater. So and I and I did I did two, two, show, uh, two plays at at that venue, and uh, then I did a play at uh, uh, St Ann's Warehouse. Um, and then, you know, just some regional stuff, but like my, my go-to lately has just been, um, doing these films because and I just had a great time with it. And what's uh, the
2: different experience Explain that. I mean, I always have heard, you know, filming something is completely different than being live. Cause you're, you know, basically jumping around the script. Did you really yeah. kind of get into it and like, are we able to be in the mindset of the, of the character and be able to jump in at any moment?
3: I mean, yeah, you you definitely uh, uh, it's there's a lot of waiting around uh, with film and a lot of it has to do with things that are really not in your control, Um, such as, you know, how much daylight you have uh, for this particular shot, you know, and the the crew has to kind of tinker and toy with lighting and so forth. Um, There's a lot a lot of things that are just not within your, you know, without not within your control. So it's really up to you to really stay focused and try to try to stay present. I'm not saying like I mean if you want to stay in character like when the when the camera's not rolling, that's great. Uh, but for me personally, I, I kind of feel like you know I I'm a little bit more focused when I'm I'm kind of just like quiet and like just um, a little bit more. Um, I don't know, just just I can kind of quiet the mind a little bit better, you know, if if I if I'm just. Kind of like focusing on this particular shot, this particular moment, you know. Um, so there's a lot of waiting around with doing film. With um, with theater, uh, it's it's definitely like I mean, it. it you, I don't have to tell you guys. It's it's a it's a high wire act, you know. And um, so many things. Uh, again, there are so many things that are not within your control. And I'll give you one example. I did. Um, I did a play. It was it, again. I was going back to the Actors Studio Drama School. Um, it was called Orange Flower Water, and there was a sex scene uh, between uh, my my wife, who is who I'm leaving for another woman, and in the middle of the play, uh, in a different scene, I see like a row of kids sitting in the front row, <laughs> and I I I totally I totally break character. And I, I look at the I look at the kids and I look at the like uh, the parental units, I guess I guess they were. And I totally just kind of like, you know, like throw up my hands. I'm kind of like, what, what are you guys doing here? I didn't say anything, but it totally broke my concentration because there's there's like three kids, like young kids. And I'm like, you guys wandered into the wrong place. You know what I mean? Like, I, I hope you guys know, you know what you're in for. Um, so that totally broke my concentration. But with with film, I guess it's kind of easier for me to to concentrate, and um, and also um, the crew can can just be very very accommodating to whatever you need to just kind of help you do the best job that you can.
2: I mean, um,
0: it's it's a tricky title there. Orange flower water sounds like it could be for kids, you know.
3: You know that that's it, it is it is used for baking uh, <laughs> and things. But it's, uh, I mean, I highly recommend that you read the play. Um, read
0: the description, read the description.
3: <laughs> uh, I'll just give you the breakdown of it. Uh, so basically it's, it's a pretty, pretty basic story. Um, uh, man cheats on uh, wife, wife cheats on husband, and the, that husband and that wife who are doing the cheating kind of hook up and they, they kind of have a, um, they have an affair. So, uh, the affair itself is, um, is not just about like their affair alone, but it's, it also centers around the fallout from the affair. Like it, it kind of centers around the people that you hurt from, from your, your indiscretion, from your, you know, uh, infidelity. So it's, it's really a, a brilliant, brilliant play, um, by, uh, Craig Wright, um, who wrote, um, Six Feet Under, uh, Six feet under, yes. Um, so it's it's a great great play, but um, it's it's centers around just the 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 hurt that you cause when uh, you stray from your marriage. You straight you stray from the person that you uh, originally fell in love with. So it's uh, it's re- really good play, but you know definitely not for kids.
0: It's funny, Dan. Um, I have a saying that I always say in my day job world. Um, mm-hmm. Which is a nonprofit uh, where we work with a community. I always say nobody reads. Nobody reads. It's so depressing, and I, I even work with librarians, and I always tell that to them. In their and their they don't read. And they uh, don't obviously. read. No, no, nobody yeah. reads descriptions, signage, etc. No one reads fine print, and then they're they're outraged at one thing or another, and it's it's just. Uh, a fatal flaw of human beings in the, like, this part of the century. It, it's it's probably due to, we could analyze this, it's probably due to Instagram or social media or something. But talking but. about
1: people being in the audience, I just have to dovetail on that, because I did the Washington, D.C. premiere of Naked Boys Singing. Oh, talk about not reading. And um, when you're in Naked Boys Singing, there are parts of the show that you are completely naked, Oh, and, or, and, and you are hoping that you have some sort of talent to back it up. But I'm And <laughs> I was doing a show, I was doing the show one night. You know, we got paid like six dollars and a, a bag of bread. A slice of cake. Yeah. And uh <laughs> you couldn't eat the cake. I this, right, I couldn't eat the bread. I was doing the show tonight and I look over left and there's my manager owner of the restaurant I'm working at. And I'm thinking, holy fuck, where's my boss doing? here are watching the show, and oh I immediately thought to myself, I hope I'm treated really, really well, or if he treats me really, really different, I'm gonna know either way how he feels about my naked <laughs> waiter ass. <laughs> and you got a lot more shifts, right? I got more shifts, and I think I might even been yeah, that's when I got uh, there you a go. manager position.
2: Yeah, did any kids come to the show? And then I wrote this new song for
3: the
1: show called
3: "The Skin," and you get what you want.
1: Right, exactly, and that's why currently I'm not going anywhere. Because I'm now covered up in a muumuu.
0: Yeah, I mean, going back to something you said earlier, independent shorts uh, are something that I am all too familiar with in my own wardrobe, but not a career choice.
1: Wait a minute, what a cool film, Independent Shorts.
3: <laughs> that's a great title.
1: Well, that's, the four of us could write it together. It's just totally. four different stories about shorts that collide in some way in the story. Exactly. I do remember one
2: time in college thinking that Someone had stole the bottom half of my pants because I was wearing shorts, but that's a story for
0: but another day. You were just yeah, yeah. There my, were there were stimulants involved.
1: <laughs> my father was said growing up he was so poor he used to have to cut holes in his pockets so he would have something to play with. <laughs> so, <laughs> independent shorts. <laughs> so I, I guess we could I could write that story. I, it's called. It Little kind of Billy. Kind
3: of like the, the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. <laughs> it could, be, it could definitely, it definitely work. It could definitely like we could just try to find like the, the, the like the I don't know the Bizarro version of that.
0: It's the Brotherhood
3: of the Independent Pants. Right, right. The Brotherhood of the Independent Shorts. <laughs> uh, have you?
2: The could talk. Being in uh, this film, have you get, had a chance to see it?
3: No, I have not. Oh, okay. So that, that's what's been kind of frustrating. And so that, that's, that's what's really frustrating about, about making films is because you are ready to see it, but the f- director is not really ready to show it. You know what I mean? So I had a, I had a drama teacher, well, yeah, a, a drama coach one time. She said, and she, she summed it up beautifully. She said, um, mo- film is a director's median. Um, stage is a actor's medium and, uh, television is a writer's medium. And, and that's, that's totally true because like I, if, if I'm watching a show, uh, and and if I'm enjoying it, it's only because of the writing, you know what I mean? But if, but if I'm watching a film and I'm really enjoy, enjoying it, uh, it's because of the direction. Um, so the director is uh, of a film, wh- whichever film that you do, and, and uh, however however it is, uh, if it's a short or independent feature, uh, the director is, is not going to release it until uh, he or she gets it just right.
2: So you so, believe in the auteur theory? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. so I mean,
2: Coppola would agree with you. We just watched The Offer, and man, he was so, like, not wanting anyone to see The Godfather until he was absolutely sure.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, without, without a doubt, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, it is the director's baby, I guess you could say, you know? So, um, because, I, I, I mean, I, I firmly believe that the director is, like, the hardest, the, the hardest person in the room, when it comes to, uh, creating a film, because as, as actors, you know, you're, you're working pretty hard too, but for the most part, you know, you, you, you kind of have, you, you kind of have spurts of, uh, of action, you know, during, during a scene and then they cut, you know, and then you, you just kind of retreat back to whatever, whatever it is you were doing back to your trailer whatever. But I think, I think by and large, I think the director is the hardest, hardest working person in the room, without a doubt.
1: Um, Dan, let me ask you, I'm I'm sure like a a lot of us, of course, we we, uh, add a lot of commas to our lives and our careers are no longer based in one box, but go in several boxes. When you watch film now, and of course, I'm not exactly the biggest film expert, but of course, I have grown a little bit because I was in prison in my living room with wine for two and a half years. (laughs) Yeah. Um, could you maybe name one, two, or three films that you watched? Maybe even during COVID, that you were like, "Holy fuck!" This- Fil- films or streaming series, yeah. either that count. you were like, "Holy shit, this was amazing." Um,
3: you know, I, I I'm, this uh, this is gonna this sound gonna sound kind of. Um, I, I think I'm in the majority when I say I did watch Tiger King. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, we, we have to we have to we have to watch it, you know. Um, I think there was there was one um, there was a couple a couple films in particular. There was um, a f- great film called um, Motherless Brooklyn. Um, that Edward Norton. Yeah, yeah, Edward Norton directed. Um, actually, a buddy of mine um, was uh, was in it. Uh, he played like the kind mm-hmm. of like the the reporter that was uh, friends with uh, Ed, Edward Norton's character. Yeah. Uh, his name's a great actor named Nelson Avedon. Um, he actually lives like, you know, like a block away from me. Uh, we're neighbors. And uh, what was another film that I, I just, I re- oh, oh Coda. Jesus. Uh, Coda, Coda was like a great, great film. Um, I, I, um, I mean, it, de- it deserved every, every award that it got.
1: Can I um, talk about that for a second? I, I just yeah, want to
2: okay. throw it out there. I, I thought it was good. Um, I was not totally sold on it. But I'm glad yeah. people got a lot
3: out of it. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, it kind of. Um, there are parts where um, I was kind of like, "Oh, you motherfucker!" You know, you, you how dare you like pull on my 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 heartstring like that? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, here here yeah. was here was my journey. I started watching the film on my computer because I have Apple um, TV, and Steven mm-hmm. does not. So I I have I I, I can pull shit on my Mac, and I started watching it like you know it was a very short film so like the first 30 minutes i was like meh okay i get it yeah it's a, it's sort of a cliche i'm way ahead of it and yeah. then i saw the second half or the you know the second third and i was like okay this is getting pretty good and then they did like three i thought masterful beautiful unexpected things that just made me bawl in the living room and uh I think I, I mean I said to Stephen and Ryan. Then I was like that those directing choices right there, and that story right then and there was the reason this thing won because I mean, it was it was not something brand new. It was kind of like you know a a, a, a story in a different told in a different way. Absolutely. But yeah. man, a couple of those choices, I was like, oh my god, this is beautiful. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I I just. I, and I, I kind of feel like, you, you know, there's certain, there's certain moments in, in film that kind of win you those, those accolades. You know, the, I'm talking about the actor and, um, and the ensemble, but, and so that, I, I, think, I think I know which moment you're talking about, which kind of wrecked me as a human. Um, but yeah, but there are definitely moments in that movie where I was like, oh yeah, this, this film is gonna win everything you know, yeah. so I really, I really loved it. I re- I really did love it. Um, there
2: was just a couple of things that didn't make logical sense to me, and I'm just going to bring this up. Spoilers for Coda coming up. Uh, sorry, Steven. Please
1: pause. Uh, so if you haven't seen the film.
2: When yeah. she is having, she's supposed to be going to her lesson, and the TV crew shows up. And she, do you guys remember this? Yeah, I yeah. didn't see it. Right. So they're a TV crew. And he's like texting, like, where are you? All she has to do is tell him what has happened and everything will be okay. But I feel like they chose not to have her do that just to create, you know, a plot point to be able to get to the next thing that they wanted to get to. That was my biggest problem with some logical, like, human things that people would do. But that's just me.
3: No, oh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes I think I see things in film that just totally contradict logic, you know. And, and I, I'm with you. Like I, I say to myself, "Well, why didn't they just do this? Why didn't they just do that?" You know what I mean? But I totally, I totally understand. And I yeah.
1: totally agree as well. However, maybe behind the table, maybe the writers, maybe the director, at times are also choosing those moments in life when we don't exactly react logically. Right. That's true. That's true. That's totally true. There's been many times when I have not. Because when you're in your living room watching it, you're being logical.
2: Right. But I, I, yeah, I hear you. I just feel like if there was that big thing in my life that I was really into, and then this thing happened with my family, I would be like, this, this is, he would have understood is is basically what my, my thing was as opposed to saying, I just, I just can't make it. And then, I don't know, it created drama when I felt like there shouldn't have been any. Maybe I hear more. you. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I will say this. If I had some if I had place to be in Shenandoah because of Jackson Sheets, my voice teacher, and my parents wanted me go to Bible study, neither <laughs> one of them would have understood the other's importance for those meetings. Sure. They, sure but like uh, a, a deaf family.
2: Yeah. That is has a business. Yeah. A little different.
1: No, I just wanted to give a shout out to Jackson and my family. Aww, <laughs> hey. Uh, uh.
3: Jackson, is Jackson's sheet still alive? No. Talking. He's not uh, alive. But the um, shout out is to the universe. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, dan full disclosure, I did not watch this film. I'm actually in the process of watching the collector's edition of Sleepaway Camp. Um,
1: Why are we bringing this up?
0: Because that's more my speed. <laughs> I I'm delving into the special features of Sleepaway Camp Collector's Edition. Do filthy I, things happen in Sleepaway Camp? Of course, yeah.
3: What is okay? Sleepaway so camp? I I I just so I'm I'm a IMDb like junkie. So uh, I'm I'm watching. I just I just typed it in Sleepaway Camp, 1983, horror. Angel, Angela Baker, a shy, traumatized young girl, is sent to a summer camp with her cousin. Shortly after her arrival, anyone with sinister or less than honorable intentions toward her gets comeuppance. Does that sound like the movie there you're watching? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah totally. I, you,
2: do, Steve, do you have Shudder on your phone? <laughs> we were just talking about this because I want to watch Mad, is it Mad God? I, I'm, I'm gonna, I have that
3: I have that app. I'm, I'm gonna look it up. I so, don't
0: have Shudder, Dan. Um, Anything that I have, Ryan gives to me, um, and I don't think he has an
2: extra login for Shutter. So I just canceled Shutter because I wasn't watching it, and you know, inflation. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, but
3: it's 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 great for like you know the, your your Halloween, you know, for for Spook season, you know what I mean? I'm I'm like it comes in really handy, but I don't I don't use it all that much, and I I do I do feel like I'm throwing away my money.
2: They used to have this. Uh, it was a phenomenal French horror film called Code Père Noël. Uh, it's basically Home Alone, but like way, 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 way more horror. <laughs> it's it was so good. You've intrigued, huh? You've intrigued me now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really good. You know, that's, Dan, that's I don't crazy. really
0: need shutter as much because I have a basement of horrors. I have a collection of VHS
2: and DVD. Oh, you are you are a hero.
0: I mean it's it's
2: all there. Yeah, between us we could probably open a we could call it a
1: flockbuster, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a Bach
0: Bluster. <laughs> it's a cult blister. A cock Cold
3: blister. Cold, cold blister video. You you got something going there.
2: How about a cock blister? No, that sounds cock Sounds like monkeypox. Dan, we should start our own podcast and we should talk about film. We should. I would we I would that. totally love that.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. I would I would totally be into that. Yeah.
1: Cool. I'm gonna start a podcast about the Bachelorette show that was done in the early nineties. And it's gonna be called Come upins <laughs>
3: I'm all in, I am all in, yeah, totally. Well, Dan, um,
0: we're, we're mindful of your time here as we're climbing towards an hour. I do want to bring one thing up. I have a wonderful photo um, from us in college where Jenny Lamb and I kidnapped you. Oh, my God, where's this going? It was, a, it was a pink ladies and gold pinners thing. Yep. Which was he? He was a gold pinner. What does that mean? I was a utility player. I was somewhere in between. You were a Michael Cohen. I was neither a pink lady nor a gold pinner, uh, but I hung out with both and probably did uh, spy operative work for both. Yeah. Um, I was kind of like the Baroness from G.I. Joe. I kind of went <laughs> on both sides. Um, anyway, I have a beautiful photo of you tied up wearing a pink dress. Um, I remember it well. And Jenny and I on either side of you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Maybe that's how the next film should open. Well, I think well, they... when
2: Dan makes it big, you please uh, contact Steven to burn that shit. And yeah. Just... No, no, no. I, I mean, uh, so, you know,
3: if, if you talk to Jenny Lamb um, uh, after, sometime after this or any time after, just just tell her, um, like, hand to God, that was, like, one of the best days of my life. <laughs>
2: well, you know, <laughs> out really, with the it really two of was. us.
3: I felt like- um, uh, I felt like I really belonged you know what I mean I really i felt I feel like I belonged like to, to like the whole um God, whatever the hell it was we did in college but Listen, uh,
0: I, I, and Jenny would back me up on this we only kidnapped the boys we liked
3: <laughs> thank you thank you thus
0: yeah. spoke the serial killer in training um, <laughs>
2: but go ahead I'm was, I was gonna say uh what what's your favorite? word <laughs> squeegee oh, nice. oh, that's a good one squeegee. what is your least favorite word um no i'm
3: gonna, I'm gonna have to say moist
1: oh uh, that's I, a really I'm, good I'm gonna have
3: to, i know it's a, i know it's a, like the least popular word but I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna have to say moist i i, I for some reason i just don't like it <laughs> oh no 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 you know what you know what my mom used to call me she said i was spiffy
0: oh that's no. awful
3: i don't like i don't like that i never i never liked that word so okay like just, just disregard moist spiffy spiffy, spiffy. spiffy. what I turns like you to... on well, um walks in the park with my wife
2: oh that's so
0: vanilla go no, ahead that's so sweet <laughs> <laughs> what turns I you
2: off
3: um
1: Walks in the park without my wife. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that and um, but also when I when I just see um, somebody just being um, outwardly uh, mean to somebody else in public, like I just I, I don't I don't like to see that. So the Supreme know?
2: Court. No, I understand. Oh, uh, <laughs> leading <yeah>. the witness. <laughs> any, any
3: anything political that you see going on like these days, like that's that's uh, like I'm out. I hear yeah. you. Uh, what
2: sound or noise do you love?
3: <sighs> um, strangely enough, uh, I have a I have an automatic um, coffee machine that that grinds the coffee. So you have fresh ground coffee. So when I hear that my, my, and it's like on a timer, too. So when I hear that coffee machine, like do that grinding sound. That, I love that sound. <laughs> that's a good
0: morning that is a really oh, or
3: you know morning. what uh what my 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 niece uh, uh my niece uh, calling me uh uh calling me uncle dan oh actually I... like I so, so i started singing uh um encanto uh we, the we don't talk about bruno song yeah yeah so that that kind of like she she's all in about that uh about that movie so um when she when she uh uh when she says uh to her parents you know uh to, to her, her dad. She's Dada, Uncle Dan sang Bruno's song, so I, I just kind of like I, I like to hear that. So that's that's the sound that I love. My niece uh, calling me Uncle Dan. So
2: awesome. Let's keep it with the last one of uh, what is your favorite curse word?
3: You know, I'm gonna have to say um, uh, a traditional uh, fuck, um, but I like I like to I like actually um, uh, kind of put. A
2: piece of fuck. Wow! Like you, piece of fuck. Nice. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah. I'm going to use that. I mean, you You know, I'm not going to actually say that to someone.
3: Piece of fuck.
2: (laughs) I'd like to thank Ryan for
3: fuck, but you know, you you can be apparently. (laughs) I'd like
0: to thank Ryan for busting out the James Lipton questions in answer to Dan's uh, earlier answer.
3: I feel I feel like I've made it, you know. Now that I had the, the James Lipton. Treatment.
0: We wanted to give you that moment, Dan. You know, Thank you so
3: much. I really appreciate it. Yeah.
2: Listen. Uh, and once go again, ahead.
3: like picture that you have. Like I'm I'm proud of it. I I, I, I wear that I wear that pink dress, you know, with pride.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, aside from tying you up and putting a dress on you, I mean, which I think you did voluntarily. It, I did. It, it was a dramatic photo of a non-traumatic event that just meant, hey, you're hanging out with us for a little yeah. bit and we're taking a picture. Which and, but by the way send
2: that picture to I was gonna say that picture
0: was not <laughs> developed till
3: weeks
2: later. So it was,
3: you know. And you know what you you two you do you you two did some things. You know, I, I really can't say what they are, but you oh. Yeah. I, I was changed forever. But oh. Oh, for, for better. I
0: can't really recall what we did. <laughs>
3: I can't either but you know what um occasionally I I do uh I do remember but uh I can't exactly I can't remember specifics but like there was some glitter involved maybe some makeup you know
2: <laughs> Oh there
0: was glitter and makeup and we put your hair in a scrunchie
3: You did you did you did Ooh. But I I I'm again like hands down and please tell Jenny Lam the next time you see her best day of my life one Listen of the, one
0: of the, Anytime you want to come visit your parents and get abducted, you just let me know and we'll make that happen.
3: I, I, will, I will message you on, on Messenger quicker than you can say uh, Pink Lady.
0: <laughs> Good talking <laughs> to you, man. We love you, Dan. Thank you so much for joining
3: us. I love you guys. It was This was a lot of fun. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Absolutely. We will you have a wonderful, wonderful summer.
3: All right. You guys too. Stay strong. All right. All peace. right bye. Peace, guys.
0: Thanks so much, Dan, for joining us. We had a great time connecting. Thanks for um, singing on the spot and going through the James Lipton questions.
2: And um, I will totally hit you up for that podcast, movie podcast between me and you, Dan.
0: Yep, there, there's our producer, Ryan, getting the
2: last word in
0: on another spin-off. spinoff. <laughs> um, if you want to learn more about us, please visit www.connersmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok under Connor and Smith, again with an ER. Please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. really helps us out a lot. Share it where you share things. Post it where you post things. If you would like to join the Discord discussion, please do. This Discord's been a little quiet of late, and some of that's because I don't have college photos of everybody that I knew, unfortunately, but this is where you have agency to post some photos, post some hellos to people after their episodes go. Just a reminder, the episodes go on Discord before they go anywhere else. So you will see it first when you join that page. Um, You can also add music to the Spotify late 90s playlist. this is a perfect playlist for your holiday weekend. All the throwback jams to make your children uncomfortable.
2: Is there any Ani DeFranco on there yet?
0: Um, I believe I put Out of Range on oh, there. Okay, all right. If I didn't, I'm going to tonight <laughs> because that's my late 90s Ani song. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining the journey again with us. And we will have another episode for you on Saturday. Uh, have a wonderful holiday weekend I know this weird dystopian time we're living through it would be weird to not acknowledge that bad things are happening but keep the faith and fight uh, against it and do all you can to um... I'm trying to be political and inspirational and Eddie's humping Byron on the couch so that's just a big metaphor for what's happening to all of us right now Byron's asleep um, alright well thanks so much everybody uh, have a great holiday weekend we'll have one more episode and good night everybody good night bye, bye. Eddie please stop it